episode 38 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, and welcome to 2014. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matthew Cassell. Hi. Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. We know it's been a long two-week-and-a-day break since you've heard these, these beautiful melodic voices through your headphones or computer speakers, or car speakers, or however you choose to listen to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Shower speakers? I have a speaker in my shower. Yeah, I, I think that's the preferred way to listen to McSauce. It really is. Shower. Tonight we're talking about, at least for the ladies. Ooh, a Tonight we're talking about all that 2014 has to hold for us. All of its expectations, all of its promise laid out before us. Like heading west if we were Lewis and Clark. But before we head west, we need to make sure the wagons are prepped. So we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. We wouldn't want to head west without our swords and. (laughs) (laughs) Not medieval times. Or our uh, (laughs) lightsabers. (laughs) Perhaps a stun gun or two. You have to get ready. You have to get prepared. Are we setting phasers to syphilis? Yes, we are. And the best way to prepare for a journey out west is to go to mixsauce.com. Check out our comic strips. Read our reviews. That's going to help you in face of savage Native Americans (laughs) and... Buffalo. Wild buffalo. Wild buffalo that will trample you. If you don't know how the Savage Wolverine number two was and what I thought about it, go to mixsauce.com and check out our thoughts and feelings. Go to the Facebook page and like us on the Facebook page. You can respond to each individual strip or post. Tell us what you think about them. Tell us what you think about our reviews. I got a lot of feedback on um, people actually reading our reviews over the holiday, I was extremely surprised. Thank you, Dwayne. I like that you like what we like. So it is... Uh, well done, Dwayne. Yes. He, well done. He said that he actually reads the reviews. I was surprised and shocked. When do we get that Savage Wolverine review? Uh, it would be... Usually on Thursdays are my reviews. Tomorrow will that go up? It'll go up tomorrow on Wednesday because we're recording the podcast one day late because I'm a pussy and I didn't <laughs> want to go out in the cold, cold weather yesterday. You know what? It had a yesterday just had a weird vibe about it. I'm glad we moved it to today because each, all day leading up to this, it felt like a podcast night. It did podcast night. I did my show prep at work when I was supposed I to be doing prep. stuff. Look out now, Matt. Did you do any show prep today? Yep. You did show prep bonanza. <laughs> For the podcast that you can download on iTunes, you can stream on Stitcher Radio. You can also find it at mixsauce.podomatic.com. Uh, other podcasts that we are big supporters of, the Fireside Chat this week has a conversation about. Uh, wrestling. It features our good friend Dominic Yossi. He sits in with Ryan McCormick and they talk about the 1992 Royal Rumble. I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I think that would be something that some of our fans would be interested in. I think who would be a fan of that are 
Jody Yearden and the guys from the That Old Comic Smell podcast. Also can be found on Podomatic.com. You can find it in the iTunes or Stitcher Radio as well. So go check out a fireside chat. Also check out That Old Comic Smell. And one last plug. There's another podcast that I'd like to plug is Party and Bullshit at <laughs> Libsyn.com. I am the narrator of this podcast with uh, a few of my friends. We sit around and talk about, have roundtable discussions about, it's pretty much talking about sex. But it's a, it's a fun time, so party and bullshit at libsyn.com. And tonight we are going to talk about 2014 and all the things that it's going to bring us, all the jewels of delight that we have in front of us for this new year. What's what's our expectation and excitement for 2014? Polynomics on the first episode of the New Year's. On the entire year. What do we expect from 2014? Matt, you've been awfully quiet over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot we were doing the show. I know. It was Plugorama. But we haven't been here. For a few weeks, so I had to do the cleaning of the house. It was necessary. Matt, do you have a polynomics for 2014? Uh, no. Not, like, queued up, but now that I think about it, I'm going to say that my expectations for 2014... No, my... Wait, yeah, expectations are comes first? Uh, expectations... And then what's the second excitement. part? Excitement. excitement. Uh, <laughs> what, what comes first? Uh, expectation, I think. And then excitement. I don't level. think that's really been determined. It can be either. Okay, my expectations for 2014 are probably at about a... Oh, I guess about a six. Going, ex- going in cautious. My excitement is probably about a... About a four. Wow. Really? This is... Are you being obstinate? This is very dark. What kind of awful things are ahead of us? I don't think awful. I just... I, look. Lackluster. A little bit, yeah. Now, uh, I will say that I believe 2015 will be the better year. I think uh, just movies alone, there's better comic book movies on the horizon for, for 2015. Particularly, you know, Superman, Batman. I think that's the one. If we could trade right now, if we could say... Let's trade Superman Batman for Amazing Spider-Man 2. We would do it, I think, right? See, I think what 2014 mm-hmm. holds are the potential diamonds in the rough. Whereas 2015's like, look at this big crazy shit. You can't help be, but be excited about this. But 2014's like, these movies are going to be your favorites. Just check them out. Just check them out. Well, we'll get into really? it. That's what 2014 that's, that's, so, says to me. So you're cautiously going in. You think that this this year is going not, to be... I'm uh, not excited about this year. I'm really not. But, I like Paul, I believe that I expect it will be better than my excitement warrants right now. There will be some diamonds in the rough, but I, I'm fairly confident there will be some turds as well, and we can get into that. That's true. I don't want to be negative. <laughs> But sometimes... We don't do that here. You just have to be if you're being honest. Sometimes if you feel strongly about something and it just happens to be a negative opinion, 
I think it's worth discussing, don't you? I agree. I totally agree. What do you think, Ian? I agree. Oh, okay. It's worth discussing. Let's 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 get into it. I'm going in hot. Oh, that's very unlike you. I'm going in double eights. Ooh. I'm putting them up. Adventure, <laughs> adventure and excitement. What? That's not Fallenomics. <laughs> That's, That's Indiana Jones-anomics. <laughs> That's short round-anomics. <laughs> My expectations and excitement for 2014. I'm putting eights on the board. Not only for what comic-related media that we're going to be given, but I expect to personally have a good 2014 and to also have a good year for McSauce in 2014. I want to get some stuff out there, maybe sell some t-shirts, or perhaps a book of McSauce comic strips, I expect to have a good, positive year. So I'm going in, guns blazing, crazy eights. two snowmen, crazy eights. I think that um, I'm going to, I'm going to change the dynamic here a little bit. I'm going to say that my expectations are a six. But my excitement is a nine. I'm excited for the new year. Why not? I don't really expect very much. That's but bold, it, and but I it's, love it. But it's a new year. Why not get excited for what possibly could be in front of us? You don't... Ex- I don't expect much, but I'm excited for it. I don't understand. Explain this to... Okay, so you, you try to rationalize <clears throat> it, and you say, okay, this is coming... I expect this to happen, so I'm going to give a a six to my expectations. The, this, this is why I have low expectations but high excitement. Okay, go. Because more often than not, when you go into something and you don't expect the sky, you don't expect it to change your entire way that you think about movies or comic books or TV, a lot of times... You get surprised by something, and I'm not purposely having low expectations, but there aren't a lot of things out there that really, really excite me. Spider-Man looks looks good. X-Men looks good, but I'm not, I'm at least not yet, I'm not completely jazzed about them as I was with, say, Avengers, or I am with an upcoming Star Wars movie. Right. So I think because my expectations are tempered, it brings... There's a lot of bold and fresh things that could be out there that maybe maybe aren't right in front of you. Just like you said, a lot of diamonds in, in the rough. I'm expecting maybe to find them. I don't know what they are, so I can't expect them to be awesome, but I'm excited to find them. Does that make, any, does that make more sense than me just being wacky? No. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> and I'll explain why I feel that way. It, it doesn't, I feel like you're, you're still categorizing your excitement mm-hmm. as your expectation. Okay. You're you're kind of expecting to be excited. Okay. Um, but, it, like, your genuine excitement for the things that you know is coming, I feel like that, that would probably be a better yeah, way to get Yeah, it. I mean, I'd, I'd say that um, I think that there could be a lot of great things out there. The things that I know that are coming... Um, We'll get into them later in the show, but as a little preview, the comic book forefront, there's not a big event or a big title or creator shifting in a way that I'm really jazzed about that I can see upcoming. Um, the, the movies that we talked about, 
I'm, I'm excited, but not extremely jumping out of my yeah. skin, you know, Star Wars opening evening excited. Right, right. Um, That's, I mean, I can't help it. I'm looking at 2015 as the one that I'm excited for 2015. 2014 is just, it's the roadblock on my way to get to 2015. It's just kind of like, okay, just 12 more months to get to the good shit. Do you, are you really feeling that way, or are you just, you're just kind of I'm obviously that. exaggerating, but... To a degree, yeah, I'm, I'm being, I'm being truthful. I don't, I'm not that. I mean, we we'll get into it. Uh, yeah. I I've categorized my things that I'm looking forward to, um, as comics and movies. I've broken it down into those categories, so I can go through my list or whatever. But um, I'd also like to tonight maybe talk about some of our predictions the things that we don't know that haven't been announced that sure. that we think are going to happen and then I'd also like to talk about our our personal new year's resolutions for 2014 do you usually have a new year's resolution uh not really no, no. i mean maybe like very mild minor things that i don't really stay that true to and you know like it at least it's not like the cliche. I'm gonna lose weight. Like at least it's not that. Cause fuck that. You're already at your fighting weight. No, I could probably stand to lose about fifteen pounds. Think so? I, I mean, fifteen? That's a lot, buddy. Was that about a fifth of my body weight? I'd say so. Um, ten? Ten pounds? Ten. Ten's fair. Ken's fair. We don't want you looking rail thin. Maybe not. Yeah, pack do, do on. You, do you have a New Year's resolution for this year? Um, I do. I mean, my serious one is to be less stubborn. I spent the last month hacking and coughing my brains out because I didn't go to the doctors. And I found out a couple days ago that I have bronchitis. And... Going forward, I wish that I would have just taken the advice that I had gotten from my loved ones and went to the doctor and gotten it taken care of. That way I wouldn't have been suffering for a whole month. That goes into me being stubborn last year, but it's a new year. I'm ready to that change might, my ways. That might translate over to the to the podcast. Do you believe that I'm a stubborn podcaster? Sometimes. Can I be? Paul would agree that you were... Paul Paul would feel more strongly than I do that you were stubborn. That I'm podcaster. stubborn. That's exciting. Maybe whenever uh, Paul decides to uh, get back in here, we can talk can about that. But Well, these are the inner workings. These are the behind the scenes of what really happens here at McSaw Studios. Because, as you all know, we like to have food delivered to us because um, we're very hungry at the at the midway point yeah we we work up quite an appetite in the first uh 60 minutes of the show but um as some of you may be uh excited to learn the first 45 minutes of the show because we're going to try to start trimming the length of the show playing into the stubbornness that we referenced before it only took 38 episodes till we heard your pleas you said, my ears are bleeding. Please shorten this podcast. So we are taking note of your request, and we're going to shorten it. Paul, oh, oh, I'm stubborn. Back. This is news. Yay! 
What's news? Is Ian stubborn? Hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, don't you think? What I'm stubborn. <laughs> I would say. Well, that's fantastic because my New Year's resolution is to be less stubborn. You don't think you're stubborn? I do. That's why yeah, um, he's resolved to I'm make... resolving to be less stubborn this year. Excellent. What's your New Year's resolution, Paul? I'm rededicating myself to working out. I've been inspired by Henry Cavill and Man of Steel. Are you going to look like him? Not even a little bit. Maybe but you'll I'm, have just as hairy But I might have one less piece of pizza at the at the break. Is that what we got? We got pizza? We did. We did after uh, a long, torturous bout with Domino's, per usual, because heaven forbid ordering pizza around here is easy. We do have pizza on the way. That's awesome. Yeah, this stuff doesn't just show up on its own, folks. We actually have to... Uh, Either call or, God forbid, order online. Order, oh, we don't do that anymore. Order online we is don't do that a last resort. But, Matt, we went around and set our New Year's resolutions. What is yours? Um, I'm going to train for cage fighting. No, that's not true. I'd like to rededicate myself to doing more artwork. I feel I think like that is a good resolution. I'm, I'm noble. I am brave. Pathetically out of practice. Um, my skills, whatever were there at one time, I feel have diminished to nothing. And I'd like to try to get some like sense of ability back, and maybe even contribute some uh, some strips to the to the McSauce cause. I feel like I could probably add a thing or two. Would you take requests from a listener for commission? Hell yeah. For money? Yes. I'll do anything <laughs> for money. Would you, you heard do, it here, folks. Would you, Matt will do anything for money. Would you do it for hugs? Maybe they would give you a hug and you could do, the, do some nice artwork to kind of sharpen your skills back up. Get them back to that top Yeah, flight. probably. Well, who's, who's offering hugs? I don't know. I just... Made, I just hoard out our oh, okay. listeners for hugs. But you heard it here, everybody. Get in touch with us, and Matt will do a commission for someone. Or maybe all of you. Who knows? Well, I mean, when I do do freelance work, I truly put the free in freelance. I feel like every client that I have had in the last five years, I've done free work for. I make, like, no money on this shit. Um, I always feel guilty if I do freelance. doing business these days. I feel I feel guilty charging people for artwork. I just do because usually with freelance, it's people you know. Yeah, you know, like unless you have like a, a legit thing going where you have all these clients word of mouth. But like, I feel like for the most part, it's it's people that you happen to know one way or another, or it's at the very least like a secondhand. You know them. Yeah. And, and yeah, it makes you feel kind of weird. But in all the things that I've read, they say, do not do work for free. Do not do it for free. It sets an ugly precedent, and it's bad for everyone else trying to, you know, scrape by in this, in this industry. Design, illustration, whatever. But, um... New artwork, less stubborn, diesel. Those are the resolutions. Maybe less pizza. Maybe not so much diesel as less pizza. Hulk McGinty. <clears throat> I like it. Speaking of Hulk, let's get right into it. 
The Incredible Hulk is being relaunched in 2014. Have you guys heard this? I have heard that. My chief concern is whether or not he will have armor. Because doesn't he have armor now? I don't currently read it. Supposedly it's very good. Mark Wade writes it. Mark Wade uh, has had a renaissance of sorts in the last year or so with some of his new Marvel things that he's writing. He's writing Daredevil, which is getting huge critical acclaim. To be perfectly honest, I've read almost no issues of it. And I love Daredevil. I've caught myself up over the holiday season. I bought myself a subscription to Marvel Unlimited. And I caught myself up probably yes. I know, right? Well, let's back up for a second. Uh, This is very exciting because, as you know, I am very interested in the whole technology aspect of, you know, the future of comics. Paul, I think, has kind of um, tuned out for this section, but Marvel Unlimited is... I'm interested because I don't know what it is. I know it's... Okay, you're about to tune out. Unlimited Marvel books, so get get to talking. It's Not only is he uninterested because it's Marvel, he's uninterested because it is... And there he goes, folks. Because it is uh, digital comics. Because Marvel is not sending you actual trade paperbacks in the mail. They're, they're allowing you to view these on your iPad, I believe. They're, they're doing one step further. They're giving you beautifully rendered digital copies of each each of these books from their library. It's not an unlimited library, as I was led to believe, but there are thousands and thousands of titles. You can read old, past, classic stories. You can update yourself on new new stories from this past year. They even have um, up to, I, I want to say it's up to three weeks ago is the most current title that you can read. So if you're if you're really far back, say you wanted to read this Daredevil story yeah. that started a year ago, mm-hmm. you, and you wanted to catch up on, you know, up to the 28th issue, you can sit there and you can you can download them to your iPad or read them via streaming, like, through your Wi-Fi. You don't have to put them actually on your iPad, right. use up any space. So wait, you can save them on your iPad? It's not, it's the same as Comixology. So wait, wait, but this is a subscription-based thing. So if I wanted to, when my subscription expires, if I have saved it on my iPad, that's mine? I think that you still need to have... It will only let you save up to 12 books. Say your subscription okay, runs, runs out. Sure, you can read those 12 books, so, but it, will only, it limits you to the 12 books to be saved on your iPad. Okay. But you can read all of them via the streaming library. So, I'm just feeling how light your new iPad is. Everyone, uh, Ian got, for Christmas, a a brand spanking new iPad Air. It's very nice. I formerly had the iPad 2. This has the new screen. Much, much lighter. It is much lighter. It's, It's really nice. It's great for reading books. I spent hours over the holiday break. Um, as I mentioned before, I wasn't feeling too good. What made me feel better? A little bit of a little bit of Marvel with me. A little unlimited supply of Marvel. So, so it doesn't have every Marvel book, but it has a, it has a, a a lot of them. It so it is not, limited. It is limited. So they should say Marvel limited. So uh, let me just get this straight. False advertising it's got a, it's for got Marvel. A lot of, it's got a lot of Marvel now. Mm-hmm. Um. And 
Could you tell me, does it have Revenge of the Sinister Six or mm-hmm. Return of the Sinister that Six? Is, that, is oh. a, that is a great Thank you. question. Um, and uh, No. N- neither one? It <laughs> doesn't look like Are it, serious? no. Are you it, looking up by title? Or I'm going by I'm going by comic events. I'm sure that if I went into go look at Spider-Man number eighteen. But anyway, how much? Can, tell our listeners how much does a year subscription of Marvel Unlimited cost? It costs sixty nine dollars. Sixty nine. But I yeah, sixty nine dudes. But I sixty nine dudes. Yeah. Oh, isn't sixty nine dudes? Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted. Yeah, I got yeah, it. That's right. Okay. Well, yeah. Aren't you the fucking movie guy? You Come didn't on. Say it the yeah. right way. Captain Movie quote over Did there. Did you get it the I, first absolutely, time? I... Absolutely. Okay, thank you. But anyway, they also had a buy one, get one free at that time. Uh, Dominic Yossi chipped in $30, so he got a subscription as well. So Okay, well, me and Paul are going to have to team up and do this as well, because, you know... Clearly, you go to Dom first. Forget about your. I know, <laughs> no, he just happened to be there. And, and I'm also guessing you, you now have an extra iPad too. I do. And I know that Paul desperately wants to get it. He wants to learn about this new technology. Does he desperately want to get it? Yes, I understand. Tax return money is going to be coming back pretty soon. That's true. Paul's going to have a little chunk of change. He doesn't want to spend full price. But he wants to get in on Marvel Unlimited, which he cannot do with his current that is tr- well, fast technology. I, I, I wouldn't call his lovely MacBook Pro. That is a nice MacBook Pro. We're just all about the plugs tonight. We're just like this and that. And the other thing. I can't find the Sinister Six oh, right off the right that off the That seems really cool, though. Like, I mean, especially if you chip in with somebody and you go 30 bucks for a year. There's that's, a lot of really good... That's st- worth it, in there's, my opinion. There's a lot of really good stuff on here. Right now, the, the, they're currently um, on the featured homepage. It's it's a spotlight on the Marvel Now stuff. But when I got it, it was a feature on old 80s Daredevil. And they had the all the bullseye stuff and the Electra run. I've never read any of that stuff. It's a perfect opportunity for somebody to catch up or mm-hmm. actually read all the stories that everybody talks about. I know that I felt I felt really bad when we were talking about the Age of Apocalypse a couple of podcasts ago, and I've never read that. Now I can go on here, even though I did buy the trades, but I could go on here you now. You went and bought the trades I after did, that episode? I felt guilty. You goofball. I know. I felt guilty as shit because I was like, How oh. do you feel now? I feel like I'm stupid because I spent all this money. You felt guilty, then stupid. Yes. And they stink. They're horrible. They're terrible. Mm. I think I'm going to resell them to half-price books or something because they're really bad. They're really not very good. Did you finish them? I haven't finished them yet, but I will. Did you finish either of them? I finished the first one, but I'm on this. There are four of them. I bought two. It's a shame you can't go back to the shop and be like, I didn't read this. Can you... Buy back. You can do that at Barnes and Noble if you have a receipt. You can yeah. buy books and actually return them. I feel I should read it though. Don't you guys, as comic book fans, think that there are certain stories or a certain amount of information that you should know? Yes. I, yeah, I, I think I so. Especially if we're going to do this show. I felt really bad because there were a few things that I wanted, especially digitally, uh, that, that DC had put out over the holiday break um, 
as graphic novels. They had a really sweet sale going, like five ninety nine, I think, for graphic novels, and they were like some benchmark things. Like Killing Joke was there, um, Green Lantern Rebirth was there. Stuff that would be really great to have. Watchmen was another one. Sandman. And uh, I was so short on money coming out of the holidays that I was just like, can't do it. I cannot justify spending the money right now. And I felt terrible, but, well, I don't know, terrible. That uh, might be I appreciate that those two weeks around Christmas and New Year's, um, not not a lot of publishers released very much. Yeah. I seem to have, like, you know, a couple one and two book weeks, which yeah. was really convenient. I agreed. Up I, until last week, which, you know, had six books, but. I also feel like that's also good for the retailers. I feel like the retailers probably appreciate that, too, because um, I don't feel like comic book stores necessarily have this spike in business around the holidays, because most of the time, comic book fans, we go out and we buy books for ourselves. Loved ones aren't usually going to the comic book store to buy us stuff and give it to us. That's not true, though. That's not true. Do you give loved ones a list of things that you want? Do they ask for for a list? Because I give I give my wife a list, and she goes to the Phantom and buys a whole bunch of. She hands it to them, and they buy they put it in a bag. I will support Matt's argument that I gave my lady a list with books on it, but they didn't come from a comic shop. Amazon. They came from Amazon or somewhere, which is which makes which sense is, because they're way cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, ordinarily, no. I, I would if there was something that I wanted at the comic book store, I would pick it up for myself when I made my weekly trip. It wouldn't be like anything that that anybody went. There aren't casual shoppers that go to a comic exactly. book store. Nobody's exactly. going in there to browse. You go in there because it's you're getting your weekly pool. There's a statue that you want. You want to pick up some trades for in you're right, Matt, for yourself. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you went to a comic book store to buy something for someone else? I've done it before. Right. I but I was but I was buying something from I mean, it wasn't like I went out of my way to do it. Yeah. I was there for myself, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I'll pick up this book. Well, anyway, I want to try to bring this back. We started talking about The Incredible Hulk. Actually, it's called Invincible Hulk. Now they're going to cancel that at issue 20, I believe, which I think makes it three months worth of uh, Invincible Hulk, given Marvel Now's current schedule. Um, they're going to they're going to cancel that, and then they're going to start... What is the, the new Hulk going to be called? The, Indestructible? The Indestructible Hulk. I don't know what happened. He's not incredible anymore. We're past that. Now he's indestructible. Because indestructible is more badass now, than incredible. Now, are they are they just trying to go with I letter adjectives to describe the Hulk? Is that and I'm being serious? Like, are, is that what they're doing? Incredible, invincible, indestructible. I, w- I wouldn't put it past Marvel. Their naming has been real lazy the past couple years. Very shoddy. Uh, what was it? The uh, the Uncanny Avengers. All the- new X Men is the top of shitty names. All new. That's it. All new. It, well, it's was, like all new Coke. Like get in, the fuck out of here. In with the that. early two thousands, there was the new X Men. That was pretty rough. That's bad. 
You know, Marvel used to have great titles. The Amazing Spider-Man. Astonishing Tales. I love Amazing the way, Fantasy. I love the way Marvel... Nova. <laughs> I love the way Marvel named their books. Like, they just had such a, a fun flair to them versus... I mean, yeah, they had just, like Paul said, just the character's name, but... But even, like, the Fantastic Four. That's right. fun. Right, right. You, like, you knew that you were buying a book just of excitement. At least that was, you know, implied on the cover. Um, DC Comics, not so much. Detective Comics, that I mean, not super exciting, really. Action Comics, eh, a little generic. Um, and then Superman, Batman... The Dark Knight? Not that exciting. Not that exciting. It's mysterious. It's mysterious. So, I mean, currently, I guess neither company is, is really knocking it out of the park with their titles. But um, Are we all out of fun titles? Is that it? Well, you know, and, and I don't want to get off too much on a tangent because we barely even talked about this new Hulk title, which I want to talk about, but... It, We're not going to let you talk about it. It goes back... Well, I think I keep well, derailing myself. But it goes back to um, the fact that they have to cancel books and restart them instead of just letting the uncanny X-Men ride for decades and decades and decades and get up to issue a thousand eventually. No. Screw that. We gotta stop it. We gotta start it over. We gotta give it kind of a new title. But they're giving shit new titles so often they, they are legitimately running out of usable titles. That's why they're like now it's the the mix and match game. Like I think we talked about it on another podcast. Amazing X Men, <clears throat> astonishing right. X Men, right all now. new X Men. Do either of you read the current Hulk? No, no. I'm Are not a big Hulk. Are you gonna read the Indestructible Hulk? No. I'm intrigued because of the 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 accolades that Mark Wade has been getting lately. I'm intrigued to see whether or not he's got armor pants. Because I mean, he yeah. does. Oh, does he really? He has. It seems like he lost, from all the Indestructible Hulk images I can find, it looks like he lost any kind of upper body armor, but he still has some belt with glowing circles on it and, like, uh, mech shorts. Oh, yeah, I won't be reading it. Now, it, it's I feel bad because it's going to be drawn by Mark Bagley, who is one of my favorite pencilers, even though he makes everybody's face look exactly the same. But as we've talked about before, there are quote-unquote superstar artists that do just that. Jim Lee, we're looking at you. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, I guess so, huh? A lot of guys do that. Stepping, taking a side road here real quick. I was really impressed when the first time I looked up J. Scott Campbell's caricatures... Because he has a really unique style. Like, whenever you look at a J. Scott Campbell-drawn face, you know who drew it. But he he does a really good job at making people look like who they're supposed to look like. Unlike Jim Lee, where I think if you if you ask him to draw, like, Bruce Campbell, it, it, he can draw Bruce Campbell, but it's not going to look like a Jim Lee character. You get what I'm saying? Matt, yeah. you look like I'm speaking a different language. He is going to look like a Jim Lee character. But J. Scott Campbell, it will look like Bruce Campbell, but it will also look like it's drawn by J. Scott Campbell. He maintains his style while still bringing the features that you need right. for a caricature. Unlike 
Jim Lee and Mark Bagley who throw the same head on the same body with different hair. Yeah, J. Scott Campbell's one of my favorite artists that he just he just doesn't do regular work anymore. He just doesn't. He doesn't You so, know, I agree. And, and and he's fallen like kind of down on my list just because he does less shit. The only guy that's still able to maintain their like high status with me even though they do nothing is Todd McFarlane. Didn't think we'd forget about him in 2014, did you? New folks? year, it's time to bring it out. So we spent a lot of time talking Indestructible Hulk, uh, a book that none of us are going to read. Well, it's just it's one of the newer things that Marvel said they're going to do, and, and it 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 points to maybe a new I don't know about a new direction, but something that Marvel might be doing quite a bit of in 2014, which is canceling books. In starting new books. I don't know if this is going to set a precedent for them because they have the new, the all new Marvel Now initiative. As if the currentness of Marvel Now, as if, as if the currentness of immediately, as in the moment as, quote, now, that wasn't now enough. Now it's got to be even newer than now. Can one of you tell me exactly what, what the distinction is between Marvel Now and the all new Marvel Now? I have no idea. It's just updates, right? It's just a couple new or, titles, a couple new know, creator it, changes. It new like titles, they slap some number ones on books, but but then they'll go back. The next issue will be issue 29 or whatever, from what I understand in, about in it. In three or four years, maybe, it's going to be, or in 2015, the real exciting year, right? They're gonna. It'll be like Marvel getting back to basics, and then it'll be like... Because, you know, they've hit that milestone of issue 1,000. They'll go back and renumber Amazing Spider-Man number 1,000 until that gets stale. And then they'll switch back to, you know, the, the creepy crawly Spider-Man number 1 and so on. And that'll be called the Marvel um, right now? I don't know. Instant Marvel. Instant Marvel. Real quick, another thing that I read using Marvel Unlimited was the Superior Spider-Man. I was able to read a 12-issue run of the book that I was boycotting. Didn't feel guilty about spending money on that. You already spent the money. I did. So it could go to any book that I wanted. Nobody had to be the wiser except for everybody that listens to this. I, while I don't like Dr. Octopus as Spider-Man, I thought that the book was, it was, the art was good. It was actually well written. It was a Batman book, <laughs> but it was awesome. What do you so, mean it was a Batman book? Uh, he had a lot of gadgets. He was working hand in hand with the um, with the police force of New York City. They have a spider signal. You know what? It that's was a, that's okay because Arrow is a Batman TV show, but that's a great show. It's fine. I'm okay with it. What I've learned is I like Batman a whole lot. <laughs> So, Superior Spider-Man, I would say, if you don't feel bad about supporting uh, a bad decision, it's actually a quality book, if that's fair. Was this uh, any of the run that had the art by uh, Humberto Ramos, who I consider to be a superstar artist? He was in there. He was one of the artists that was that was in that run. There were three different artists. Yeah. I can't remember all of them off the top of my That's head. That's a problem. He was, he was, he, he was he's, good. He's such a great artist. I want Humberto Ramos to do a run of Spider-Man with like no filler artists, but nobody can maintain the pace of three issues a month, especially given like kind of the way... 
today's artists are. You know, there's even for a, a, a book that comes out every 30 days, there's fill-ins every four or five issues. <clears throat> but like for a book that comes out every 30 days, you only get Humberto Ramos or whatever artist that you really like two or three issue spurts, and then there's another guy, and then they come back six months later, and or whatever it is. And or they never come back at all. Or they never come back. But you have just Ramos those three has issues. Been a, has been like a, a regular contributor to Spider-Man, one of my favorite Spider-Man artists. I think he brings something completely unique to the character that has never been done before. And I admit, as much as I hate Superior Spider-Man, I buy the issues that he draws, because his art is impossible not to like for me. And um, it's very cartoony. Maybe that's why I like it. And uh, I just wish that, that you could point to his run that he did. But he's all over the place. He's done a couple issues here, a couple issues there. He worked on Marvel Knights, Spider-Man. Like, all my favorite other Spider-Man artists are like, oh, he worked on issue, you know, 300 through 350 or something. And uh, with him, it's like, holy shit. It's like impossible to try to collect all the ones yeah. that he's worked on. You have to just um, patch it all together. Yeah. But, so speaking of Spider-Man, speaking of 2014, uh, what do you see the future of Spider-Man in, in the comics as this year progresses? Is, is the um, Superior Spider-Man going to come to an end? Or are we going to get into The Amazing Spider-Man again? Before I read Superior Spider-Man, back in 2013, I stubbornly said that I didn't think that they would bring Peter Parker back. Now, after reading Superior Spider-Man, there's a clear doorway for them to do it. Even though they shut the door recently a little bit, I think that they've left it open enough that Peter Parker, there's no way that before Amazing Spider-Man number two comes out, Peter Parker will return as Spider-Man. And Amazing Spider-Man will be restored as the you know primary title for Spider-Man, I think. I'm going to agree. I think so too. I don't think um, I don't think you can have the Amazing Spider-Man come out this May and have Peter Parker not be Spider-Man in the comics. I mean, you can. I would be okay with that, but I think the powers that be at Marvel will kind of have a bird if if they think the com that elusive non-comic book reader that may be coming into shops right after they see Amazing Spider-Man two. If they think they're not going to be coming in and getting the Spider-Man that they just saw on screen, I think they're going to flip them over. You know, I agree with you. Uh, although, didn't Marvel, I think it was Marvel, when one of their movies came out, the main character in the book wasn't alive or something at the time. I, I think it might have been Cap. Was it Cap? When the Captain America movie came out, Captain America was dead that. at the time. <clears throat> it was Winter Soldier. I think that they wrapped that all up in the fear itself the summer before. Okay. Um, uh, I, I want to say fear itself started in May. Thor just came out. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, during that story, before the end of the summer, Steve Rogers was restored as Captain America. He was alive, but he was just Steve Rogers. Right, at that okay. Point. It, maybe it was something else. Anyway, I digress. So, yeah, um, that, that's uh, 
some things about Marvel. So, Ian, you don't get you don't currently buy any Spider-Man books. No, I don't buy any. As part of your self-imposed boycott of Doctor Octopus, Spider-Man, I'm like a monk. So once once Peter Parker gets put back as Spider-Man, are you just gonna start picking the book up again? Yeah, I'll give it a shot and see how it is. It uh, doesn't mean that if it, if it's not good, then mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hang in there with it. But it'll give me faith. That's the character that I like. That's the character that I want to follow, so I'm going to at least give it a shot, hang in there for the first arc, see how things are. I want to be a, a person that buys Spider-Man every every month. Matt, do you buy Spider-Man? Just the Humberto Ramos issues. <clears throat> kind of makes for a really uh, lackluster story, because um, you're only getting bits <laughs> and pieces, but... Uh, half the time I don't even read it. I just look at the pictures. Well, it looks like it looks like Ian, you're in good shape because I'm pretty sure they're going to bring him back this it, year. So maybe all, you'll get all, the all arrows are pointing that way at this point. Yeah, so it would be a very bad move for Marvel if they don't bring him back by May. We spend a lot of time right now talking about Marvel and Spider-Man. That some of the things that we see coming from that part of the big two, Paul. Are there anything? Things coming down the pike from DC this year that you're excited or apprehensive about? Uh, two weekly comic book series from DC. Batman Eternal and New 52 Future's End. Speaking of terrible titles. I don't think Future's End is too bad. Not that one. Batman Eternal? Yes. Meh, it's fairly white bread. Or mulatto bread, if you were. It depends on who you are, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, DC kicked... Well, they didn't, neither of these books have, have started yet, but over Thanksgiving, DC released a giant teaser image of, like, Batman Thanksgiving with all of the characters that are going to be involved in this week in this year-long weekly Batman Eternal book. And I'm immediately turned off by it because there's about a thousand fucking characters in this teaser. That's not even where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say, I don't like Thanksgiving dinner, therefore this book is going to stink. While that's true, that's not the issue I had with Bats Giving. Um, as I've stated before in this space, um, I don't like Batman as an extended universe all to itself. I like maybe Batman and then four to five supporting characters. Um, now, I mean, they're just blowing the shit wide out. We have all the Robins in here. We have Barbara Gordon Batgirl. We're bringing Spoiler back. You know, there's some Bullock shit. There's Bat characters woman. in here that I... Yeah, you know, Batwoman. There's Bat characters wing. in here I don't even... I don't even fucking recognize in this image. Uh, Joker's daughter is, is in this image. I guess there's going to be... Uh, a lot of things going on. There's a handful of writers. Um, years ago, DC did Countdown. And Countdown was a giant piece of shit. And I'm pretty sure Countdown, somehow, they, they were tying in all the... They were tying in the current DC multiverse in the Countdown. And when it released, Paul Dini was essentially the, the, the showrunner for it. He came up with the overarching story. And I was like, alright, Paul Dini's involved. He's gonna hook this up. And, but the actual writing duties fell to a handful of different writers. And then 
them and the artist just kind of it, it was garbage. Countdown, Countdown was just as hard to read as DC's other weekly Trinity, which Dom is still reading of mine, and he's had it for about a year now because it's so bad. It's so hard to read. There's nothing in any of those books that you want to pick it up and you want to read it. But so, saying saying that, the DC's weekly comic book series they haven't all been bad. You you enjoyed the and, first one, right? Scott Snyder is essentially the showrunner for Batman Eternal. He's overseeing the the overarching plot. He'll be doing all of his Batman issues like usual that tie into this weekly as it's going along. Um, but there's a handful of other writers like uh, James Tinian the fourth who are going to be doing certain stories. I think he's going to be doing a, a Red Robin and Stephanie Brown story. And it's going to be touching on all these different parts of the Batman universe. But for as interesting as Batman and some of those characters are, it's not, as in, it's not interesting enough for me to pick this weekly book up because I don't want to get a book that's all Stephanie Brown. I don't fucking give a shit. I want, I want Batman, Tim Drake... Dick Grayson, but if, if it's going to really... It sounds like it's really going to surround all these other characters, and Batman is just a linchpin for bringing all these characters together. Uh, but it's it's Batman, and people like Batman, so I'm sure it's going to sell. I, I think I'm, I'm more alone on an island, in my opinion, of this. And uh, in, in other bad news for, for 2014, Francis Manipal, the current hmm. Flash artist, will be drawing... Uh, is he going to be writing it too? Yeah, he and Brian Bucciolato will be writing Detective Comics. And do you happen to remember what issue number that's starting with? Um, I, it should be coming. Up, I, I don't. It should be coming up soon because they they're both done on the Flash now. Mm-hmm. But that that I'm looking forward to. As far as Batman news goes, that's a book that I'm really looking forward to. I think Francis Manipal and Brian Bucciolato's Flash was one of the best books coming out of. Um, the the new fifty two, and right, the entire run was was solid. So I hope they can bring that same that same type of greatness to Detective Comics. I've, I've I don't think I've ever bought Detective Comics on, on a regular basis, but this this creative team has garnered enough good faith with me that I'm I will pick it up, no questions asked. You know, it's funny because I thought that uh, Flash was terrible at the New 52, outside of the gorgeous artwork, and um, I am going in with trepidation st- for the story, but I know the artwork will be great. I love his cartoony style, Francis Manipool's, and I feel like his art will be a really interesting approach for Batman, because we've had... We've had classic comic book artists do Batman before. You know, think Neil Adams. We've had gritty guys do it like Frank Miller, and we've had some stylized guys do it like Greg Capullo. But has anybody very cartoony done Batman before? I can't think of anyone really Bru- often. Bruce Tim, but I mean, yeah, well, not on a steady basis right. in the actual strip. This guy. I think could really Oops. bring something unique to this character. Um, I am really looking... I mean, I've only seen one teaser image that's out there. I am so looking forward to, to to buying that first issue that he does and seeing what they could do. 
Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm hoping it has a animated series sensibility. Uh, the last three issues of Batman and Two-Face have been... They've essentially been adult versions of the animated series. And those have been great issues. If you get a chance to find those on Comixology, go pick them up, I think. they're What are they? They're the three Batman and Two-Face issues. I guess it's issues 24, 25, and 26. Okay. Um... Uh, Pete Tomasi is the writer, and Patrick Gleason is the artist, and they're phenomenal. They're some of the best Batman stories. Oh, is it Batman and Robin? Yeah, but then they killed Robin, so now it's Batman and Two-Face. Okay. Francis Manipole, Brian Bucciolato. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, DC's branching out with, with weekly comics again. They had success when they did 52, which was the first weekly that I was involved in. When I was buying comics in 52, it was great. Uh, the premise of 52 was Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman disappear for a year. And you see what other heroes in the DC Universe kind of pick up the slack and fill in those holes. And we'll get back to that when we come back from Pizza Party. Speaking of filling holes, we'll be filling our mouth holes with some pizza. And that, was was that was really dirty. Sauce Podcast listeners, we are fresh, fresh off pizza break, and uh, what we like to do to refresh our listeners for the new year is decide which of us is the fatty fattiest coming out of the pizza break. Matt, pizza count. Four. Holy shit. Mind-blowing. Whoa. Three? I also had three. So for those of you scoring at home... Remember how I said I wanted to lose 15 pounds? <laughs> Fat Casal. <laughs> Fat Matt. Fat Matt. Garbage Pail Kids, number one, series one. Much better than P and Ian. Yeah, I never remember what Paul was. was. Paul? Stupid Paul. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I don't think it was. That was like the, the twin version that didn't have the rhyming name. Remember? There were like two nah. versions. One had like... The rhyming name and then the other just had like just some stupid name. Really? Yeah. Peel peeled Paul. Peeled Paul. Yeah. What, what was going on with peeled Paul? Peels a skin off. Oh, that's disgusting. And mauled Paul, who just had his ass kicked. Oh, that's more like you, buddy. <clears throat> that's more like it. P and Ian was always 
I think standing in a toilet and peeing in said toilet as well was disgusting. I hated being peeing in. Yeah. When we left, we were talking about DC's comic book offerings for 2014. And one of those is the new 52 Future's End weekly series. DC's had success in the weeklies before with 52, which was really good. I bought the entire run. From start to finish, it was a good series. But then they also released stuff like Countdown, which was kind of rough. And then Trinity, which was almost unreadable. So, Batman Eternal is a Batman-focused event. That's going to have eyes on it. People are going to buy it just because it's Batman. Even if you get questionable creators on a Batman title, it's probably going to sell pretty good. But Future's End is the wild card for me because it seems... it seems to go back to be more of like a 52 or a Trinity type setup where there's four different writers on it. <clears throat> uh, a handful of diff- different artists are going are gonna to draw it. Uh, Ethan Van Skyver is doing the first issue, which I like, so I'll pick it up. I'll check it out. Uh, Aaron Lepresti is also, also involved. And I fucking love Aaron Lepresti. His sort of, sort of sorcery books were amazing. I think Dom and I were the only ones that bought them, which is why they only lasted eight issues. I got the first two, and then I flamed out. Oh, they were so good. That, Aaron Lepresti's artwork is, is so good. But the four writers putting it together are Jeff Lemire, Keith Giffen, Brian Azzarello, and Fat Matt's favorite, Dan Jurgens. So, writers-wise, between those four guys, I mean, that it looks like... It sounds like it could be a pretty impressive series. It's supposed to take place five years in the future... From the current DC Universe, which doesn't seem that far away because the premise is... It looks like the premise is Brother Eye takes over and there's like a cyborg (coughs) Justice League that he controls. And they introduce Terry McGinnis as Batman Beyond in the current DCU. So, there's going to be a past, a future, and a present. And uh, uh, I forget who the past... Your, your past, past is going to be Frankenstein in the past. Yeah, Frank, Frankenstein. The current will be Firestorm, and then the future will be uh, Terry McGinnis. So it looks like it has kind of an interesting setup, but my expectations going into it are really, really cautious because I've also gone into DC Weeklies that have done the same, the same kind of setup with four writers and... You, it's a mixed bag at this point. I don't know what I'm going to get. Do you think that they've taken enough time off, maybe refresh, refine some of the things that they've done in the past that maybe they received the feedback from fans and said that they didn't like this or they didn't like that? Maybe, you know, recalibrated what they're doing for this new series? I'd like to think so. I, I don't think as a publisher you can release Countdown and Trinity and not revise the plan of, of how you go about a weekly. <clears throat> But um, uh, I don't want to get tied into it. I have the problem of getting a book and seeing it through. <laughs> you see it through to the bitter end. Much like a ship going down with his captain, yeah, you're right I there. Every to... issue of Countdown and Trinity and you know all the money that I spent on those garbage books. You're a completionist. I am. So I'm going to go into New 52, Future's End. I'm going to pick it up. One of us needs to read it. I think Dom will probably buy it with me. He's a sucker. Oh, I didn't say it. 
the uh, the artwork. I'm at least going to get this first issue because it looks really cool. As you mentioned, Brother Eye has some cyborg looking Justice League dystopian future. Holy shit! <laughs> I can't get enough of that kind of stuff. So I'll at least check out the first uh, issue. I like Ethan Van Skyver's artwork. Um, I like Batman Beyond. Um, I've been getting the digital Batman Beyond, uh, digital first Batman Beyonds. That's written by uh, Greg Higgins, I think, right? Uh, is it... Is Kyle it? Higgins. Kyle Higgins, yeah. Kyle Higgins. I was going to say Keith. Kyle Higgins. Um, it's a really good series. Mm-hmm. I think Batman Beyond, uh, Terry McGinnis, is a really, really good and solid character. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he's getting mixed into DC proper. I, if once they mix him into DC proper, I would prefer him to be in his own futuristic corner of DC proper. I think he'll probably. I, I don't know how much Future's End is going to tie into that Justice League three thousand that they have planned. They kind of flushed Legion superheroes down the toilet, which is fine because yeah. I think those are garbage characters. What's Justice League three thousand? Um, Justice League three thousand is your dystopian future Justice League 3,000 years in the future. I like what I'm hearing. Uh, Legion of Superheroes took place in the 31st century. So they're essentially jumping ahead that time frame. But having... But your the Justice League will still be around in some in some way, shape, or form. And Terry... I, I thought Terry McGinnis was the Batman Beyond of that universe, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, if they're only jumping, you know, you said five years ahead in this new one. Yeah. What's yeah. up with DC and its <clears throat> fixation on, well, this, there's five years, and the five years that the superheroes have been around with New 52. DC has always been very uh, peculiar about trying to specifically uh, frame their, their timelines. And, and it's a handicap. It is a handicap. Marvel's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It happened. Who cares when and all that. But, like... DC is Marvel like, stands on time is so that happened. <laughs> right. But DC it's like they ha- if they're unhappy with it they have to completely reboot the entire universe which is so every once in a while okay yeah I get it maybe it needs that refreshing uh, kind of cleanse but it seems like it happens way too often and it just creates confusion whereas if you just can kind of roll with it and accept it that this shit can't be real time or whatever because there's just so much of it. You just have to kind of... It, it creates confusion because for good for a good universe like this to work, it has to have its own, its, its own relatively <coughs> understandable science base. And once you start saying this happened this year and then this year and then this time ahead, then you get into the logistics. Like, well, how did Batman have five Robins... In five years. That dude was just blowing through kids. Or with this Terry McGinnis stuff, the Batman Beyond suit is super futuristic. So, why isn't the current Batman wearing some version of this if only five years later this super suit is Like, wouldn't the current Batman only be in his early 40s? Why would 30s he... even. I think current Batman is like 25. Oh, yeah. So, why would he need a replacement at that point? It doesn't make any sense. And they're doing it in a way... They don't need to do it that way. They don't need to put these boundaries on themselves and box them... Write themselves into a corner that way. It's weird. It's it's like... 
DC Comics has OCD, whereas Marvel is just like a free-flowing, breeze-in-the-wind kind of company. And if you're going to write a shared universe in comic books, that's the way it has to be. You can't put numbers on it. You can't tie yourself down. Or else things start butting up against each other. And then that pulls you out of those stories when you read them. I agree. So the big... I think the big tent poles of this coming year are some pretty big movies that are coming out. Oh, what, are we done with comics? Do you have anything more to add, well, comic, comic-wise? Yeah, I just wanted to... Um, touch on recently they've announced that there's a new era for Invincible uh, starting this year and uh, people are hinting oh maybe Kirkman's gonna Robert Kirkman writer of Invincible is gonna relaunch that series to a number one however I read some things from Kirkman where he indicated that he is not a fan of the renumbering like I think us three are not as well and um he said they've actually done like studies where, in the long term, that's more detrimental to a title than than helpful. Obviously, you get this you know sales spike, but for number one, maybe number two, three, but what by issue five, it's got to kind of be right back to square one. So um, he went on to talk about how kind of. You know, discovering a series and just kind of starting at the beginning and doing it through trade paperbacks is just a much more rewarding experience that he feels people really like to do. It it kind of enhances, like, going to a comic book store and seeing all 17 volumes on the shelf versus seeing just story titles. You don't know, like, how things work fit into the continuity. Um, so... Is this really number one, or is this number one? Which number one do I start with? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, it doesn't look like it'll be relaunching as a number one, but they call it the first issue, and it's, you know, the big number one. um, Like, it makes it look like it's the first issue, but it says the first issue in a bold new era. So a lot of people are speculating that maybe um, Invincible's going to have a kid, and the kid will be born in that issue. Uh, it's coming up, so they're teasing that. That's big. One of the big things. I, I think Image Comics in 2014 is going to continue to roll. Um, I feel like it is gaining momentum with uh, with the assistance of the show, uh, Walking Dead, and then just the the critical acclaim that a lot of their books are getting from the Walking Dead to Saga to. Even Lazarus, just a few issues in, is already getting huge pub. Um, I haven't read that myself. I think Greg Rucker writes that. But it seems like Image Comics, every new thing that they put out is getting great response. And it's like, how is this? Like, why are they not slowing down? Uh, My hope for 2014, though, is that maybe some of the new shit, maybe they start dabbling in superheroes again. All their stories, all the new stuff, it's like... Well, that depends on who wants to do that. Right. Well, there's that, and I, I feel like there just isn't much of an audience for superheroes unless Marvel or DC publishes you. And also, it's it's the guys that are creating all these successful titles and Image are leaving doing superheroes to do something else. 
I feel like you know guys like Grant Morrison are, they're, who are doing Image books now. They go to Image to take a break from right. the superhero world. Right. James Robinson just released a title called the uh, the Saviors. That James Robinson is famous for his work on Justice League and Starman, but he left to go do a book. It's a black and white book about uh, a dude who smokes pot in like New Mexico that discovers, or he thinks he discovers, that the police force and some various members of his community are these lizard men. So it's not a superhero thing. It's not what he normally would do. It and and like you you guys were saying, it's people take a break from the big two to go to image to do things that they've always wanted to do and branch out and do mm-hmm. different things other mm-hmm. than, you know, capes and tights. Yeah, but I believe that there is um there is a, a an opportunity for especially a publisher like Image to go ahead and create some new superheroes, especially with the with the recognition that these uh, creators are getting at Image Comics. Like, I guess Kirkman can't do it all himself, but like, let's say who's writing Saga, Vaughn? Yeah. Vaughn? Let's say he decides he wants to do a creator-owned superhero thing. You could bill it as from the creator of Saga. Here's a brand new superhero. It could be pretty cool. I think it has the potential to take off, do you, so to speak. Do I think you so think... too, but that's where that's where the problem lies. Is that those creators don't want to do superheroes? That's why you're getting all this super different, really good stuff. Do you think that's part of the momentum of Image? Is that it's so different? It's it, you can't find this stuff with the big two. You have to go to Image to find the new, the different, the bold, the fresh. That's where you go. Yeah, but. You can get new, bold, different, and fresh from superheroes because, I mean, even the big two, it's it's not like they have these treasure trove of, of different superhero titles. You know, it's still like ten different superheroes from each of these companies. It's you know? four it's, main books yeah, for right? both, both like um, the, the, publishers. Right. It's like the Avengers takes up most of Marvel... And I'm generalizing, obviously. Yeah. And it's like Batman takes up most of DC, and that's just the way it is. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for 2014, I would also like to see Marvel and DC branch out and, and give some of the um, the guys that, ha- that, that have been around for a while, give them some of the, you know, the spotlight. What, why not put your energy into... I mean, I know why, but... I would like to see them put some energy into, like, a Doctor Strange, you know? Put a great writer on that. Brian K. Vaughn did a really awesome <clears throat> version of Doctor Strange a couple of years ago, The Oath. So, it well, can be done. They, they do have they do have uh, Silver Surfer coming in 2014. That's You're very excited about that. It has been, like, over a decade since the Silver Surfer had a regular title. Like, that's that's... Wrong. I'm sorry. Who's on that Silver Surfer title that's upcoming? It's written by Dan Slott Dan's, with art by um, that guy that does Madman, Mike Allred. Mike Allred, yeah. It it should be pretty interesting. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so the uh, the last bit of 2014 comic stuff that we could talk about briefly is 
Um, this is going to be the final year for Dark Horse Comics publishing Star Wars. Uh, they've been publishing Star Wars since the early 90s. Maybe even the late 80s, I don't know. I think the early 90s. Star Wars was a dormant brand when, when Dark Horse got a hold of them. I think that's probably how they were able to get such a, a huge license like that. Because nothing was happening with it. Then they released, um, in 19, yeah, it was in 1991, they released the, the novel Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. And that kicked off a whole new uh, line of the expanded universe for Star Wars. And Star Wars survived um, for, for about a decade as just books, mainly comic books. Dark Empire was the first thing that they ever published. Um, I, I don't know what year it was, maybe 93. But um, ever since then, it, it, it's just exploded out of there. And they've produced some incredible stories. 1991. 91. Was when Dark Horse got the license. And, and they've just made great comics for years. I, I do think that in recent years, the brand has gotten stale. I feel like they haven't made... Um, like, they don't have any regular series currently outside of um, Brian Wood's Star Wars and then the the Star Wars, the, like, that weird alternate... The original script from George Lucas. So, outside of that, everything is done in miniseries format. Five issues, four issues, six issues. I don't prefer that personally. So, in a way, I think it's good to shake things up because Marvel now is obviously... Or, Star Wars is obviously going to be published by Marvel, which is another Disney property. <clears throat> so it makes sense. It's, it's almost weird that it's going to take this long to happen since the acquisition is over a year old now. And Marvel's not going to start publishing these Star Wars titles until 2015. But uh, it seems like the final Star Wars story is actually going to be... the uh, or that Dark Horse puts out is going to be a four-issue miniseries. That's um, gonna finally wrap up the Clone Wars, which Disney decided to kind of prematurely cancel, as they were already in production on season six. They decided they're gonna cancel the show, so now they have like a partial season of the show that they're gonna release as some kind of bonus content. Nobody knows how, but then they're gonna they finally wrap up the show in comics form, and I think that's that'll probably do it for Dark Horse. Are you are you sad that they're leaving Dark Horse and excited for Marvel? Uh, relatively excited in the fact that Marvel is the original Star Wars publisher. They're the company that published Star Wars back in '77 and, and had the license all the way through. Um, I don't know when they quit publishing Marvel comics, but it was a long running series. Although it after the movie adaptations, they got kind of terrible. So. Um, I think they just, they, it seemed like they just lost their, their way. I, I read a couple of those back in the day. I still have a couple mm. where, you know, Boba Fett gets burped out of the Sarlacc and all that That's stuff. That's right, yep. Um, so I, maybe they just didn't know what to do with it. Probably. And, and Dark Horse did really do a good job in the early 90s of pushing the property forward. They did. See, um, I wonder if Star Wars going to. If Star Wars going to Marvel is going to be like a reverse NHL leaving ESPN kind of deal. 
Because I think the NHL has done really well since it went to OLN and then that became NBC Sports because the NHL was the crown jewel of that network. And that's kind of what Star Wars was for Dark Horse, where Dark Horse could put all of their good talent and all of their focus on Star Wars and really give it really give it the focus that that kind of title needs. But at Marvel, you know, there's all kinds of shit going on at Marvel. So Star Wars may be relegated to, well, give it to those guys over there. We need to get Inhuman Avengers out. Yeah, I, I see your point with that. Dark Horse just wrapped up its most successful year ever, I think, this past year. So it, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of bittersweet that they had all this success recently and now the piece of that pie that's most essential is leaving. Yeah, the uh, and and the reason why they were successful this year is they put out some great Star Wars comics. The you know Star Wars is really good, but I've been enjoying the hell out of the Star Wars, the uh, the original screenplay thing, and I, I've just found that to be so much fun and so interesting. And I, I don't see Marvel taking a chance like that at all. Yeah, I, I agree. It yeah. seems like Dark Horse is able to be like. All right, let's make this crazy thing. Let's yeah. see what happens. But Marvel's going to be like, mm. now the you thing want us is, to do Doctor Strange? Yeah, what? yeah. I feel like Marvel's going to really tame down, almost maybe make it like a kitty property. Well, I don't know if I expect that. What I do expect is it, there to be a lot more um, current, like episode seven tie-in kind of storylines. I don't think we're going to. Yeah go all over the place we're not gonna do the you know old republic era which is like thousands of years before the movies i don't think we're gonna look at like prequel era clone Wars stuff i feel like this is all gonna be centered around probably that the new tv show the rebels which takes place in between three and four and then probably post-Return of the Jedi. I feel like those are the eras that they're interested in. Marvel's going to say, we don't want to sell any old shit. We just want to sell all the new stuff. Right. Now, what I do kind of think will happen, I think a lot of these guys that work on Star Wars comics and Dark Horse will follow. I think, you know, they're not necessarily loyal to Dark Horse. They're probably loyal to, to Star Wars. So, um... Probably just want to work. Yeah, but like there, there are certain like the artist that's jumping to mind is uh, her name's Jan Dersima. She's an incredibly good artist, and she's been kind of tied to Star Wars for years. Now. Right? You think she's going to stick around at DC or Dark Horse, or you think she's going to go work for Marvel now? Do you think that Dark Horse that this is a fatal blow to Dark Horse as yeah. a as a company? When when the whole acquisition was announced, one of the first things that I thought was, Dark Horse is fucked. They are so fucked, it's just not even funny. And um, I wonder what the market share of, like, what percentage Star Wars books makes into well, their bottom line. Yeah, um, I feel like they've tried to do some new things over the last year or so. They've tried bringing back some... Uh, characters that I remember when I first got into comic books. In the early 90s, they brought back X, and they brought back Ghost, which were, you know, like new, edgier hero-type characters from the early 90s. And Then they kind of went away, 
by the end of that decade, and you kind of forgot about them until they brought them back. I did check out both Lost Interest really quick. Um, I I really hope Dark Horse survives and eventually thrives, but, I mean, who, who was Dark Horse before they got the Star Wars license? Well, you know, Dark Horse still has all the Hellboy stuff. They have the Goon, they have the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They do. License and that I I don't get Buffy the Vampire but, Slayer, but that's a you know they're they're into like season twelve now of right. the book like they keep they keep going that seems to be successful they have all the Sin City options that Frank Miller feels like doing they still have although the, these are sort of dead properties at this point they still have the Terminator stuff I believe they still have Predator Terminator, they still have I think is Dynamite now. is Dynamite okay do they have Alien and Predator I thought they still had those two I don't know and, and I think that's where they originally like cut their teeth when the when the company first and they did yeah um, crossovers like Superman versus Alien and Batman versus Predator yeah and that was all great and exciting um, but the, that kind of demand isn't there anymore it's it's a different market now i don't feel like hey siri sorry i don't feel like people are necessarily interested like they used to be in that kind of shit i mean we're even we're getting movies now alien versus predator we don't need this fantasy comic book to kind of fill that void in our lives you know it's like it's we we are getting like our fantasy uh, storylines like given to us in movie format or, or whatever and and they're not special things anymore they're not like all that rare so yeah, dark horses uh, comic line is pretty thin they have the halo as Paul mentioned before they have yeah, that's right they did you know it's funny they got halo Marvel just had the halo license. He, yeah, and, and I mean, Marvel, Marvel didn't just didn't do it. anything with it. They had big plans for it, <laughs> and they did nothing with it. Um, it's, I mean, it seems like I know this Conan story that Brian Wood wrote um, was really well received, <laughs> but I haven't heard anything for, from it for about two years now. They knew, um, well, Dark Dark Horse when they first started, they were like the movie adapt adaptation company you know they would take the movies and they would do the expand it with comics they even did it with indiana jones that was another one that they did um but since then the the current company that's pumping out all the licenses is um boom 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 studios they have everything and i feel like they're just going to continue to slowly gobble up the remaining stuff that is like contracts expire i sort of feel like boom is kind of replacing Dark Horse. Boom, Boom has Adventure Time. Um, got, is that right? Yeah, they have. They just have a ton of licenses. Okay. GI Joe, Transformers, Turtles. I thought no, IDW, IDW has Top has Turtles. Oh yeah, maybe I'm thinking IDW. IDW has GI yeah, Joe. Is it IDW? Or? I, th- I think IDW is the one. They, they're the yeah. ones that have Ninja Turtles, um, GI Joe, Transformers. But between <clears throat> Boom, IDW, and and um, Dynamite, it's like. These are all companies similar to what Dark Horse is doing. Yeah, just Dynamite like, has a lot, too, like the Green Hornet and stuff like that. I, I just worry for them. I wonder how they're going to, you know, kind of keep shit going. But, I mean, yeah. Dark Horse is, is a company that, that kind of is the Dark Horse, and they especially are now. So I really hope that they 
that they still managed to... Uh, They're going to have to really uh, circle the wagons with those dark horses <laughs> to keep it floating. However, I will say this. It'll be nice to have uh, guided view technology on a Star Wars comic in the future. One thing I forgot to mention about Marvel Unlimited. No guided view. Oh, no! Fail. Yes, it's not very good. They have... Uh, oh, they put Dark Horse they, in charge. <laughs> they have, like, panel scan or something like that, which is panel cheesy. Scan. It's no good. But, what are you going to do? What are, they you, can't all be winners. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to go see some movies in 2014. That's what I'm going to do. Paul, yeah. are you going to yeah. see any movies in 2014? I'll probably see a couple starting on, in what? February. February? I don't know yet. What's in February? Robocop, of course. Alright, let's talk about movies that anyone's excited about. Robocop. Right. I thought, haven't we talked yeah. about that? I yeah. thought we were yeah. all kind yeah. of... Yeah, I'm in, I'm in on Robocop. Yeah. Yeah. Robocop's coming out in early to mid-February. Um, I need to get my coming soon page up here. Let's see here. Hercules? That's coming out. That was that bad. Yeah. Dude, that, is that the Rock? Her- the Rock's Hercules? No, how dare you? The Rock is awesome and everything that he's fucking in. This is some jabroni. I don't know who this is. <laughs> so, anyway, I think that, uh, that we're going to kick Kellen Lutz. Kellen Lutz? So, we're going to kick guy. off 2014 with, uh, with Robocop. I think Robocop will be relatively big because I don't think there's a whole lot of competition at the time. Uh, here's getting back to, um, my expectations. I think it's going to be kind of crappy. I want it to be good. I want it to be so good. It might be. It I might don't be think good. It, I don't think it's going to be because you like the original RoboCop for specific reasons, and I don't think this is going to do any of that. I don't think so either. You you I like the, you like that original RoboCop for the the zeitgeist that it captured when it came out, and this is just the this is going to be white bread remake. Boy, am I glad that I still have yet to rewatch RoboCop, so I can't participate in this fight. For our listeners, could you explain to them what zeitgeist is? I love how you said zeitgeist. <laughs> the, and also the, for me, are you sure you're not you're German, right? No. What? I know. <laughs> Wait, why were you offended by that? Oh, I don't like the Germans. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the Zeitgeist is I'm half German. I'm German way. too, by the way. Right on. Well done. Or that that. <laughs> well done. Nobody saw it, so we didn't do it. <laughs> the Zeitgeist is the spirit of the day. So I like the spirit of the day of RoboCop. Yeah, you like the the spirit of that. That's part of the 80s. Yeah, yeah, that the 80s. Style that's of movie making like, that RoboCop captured. Yeah. You like all the silly stuff, the over the top action, the tongue in cheek play of it. And this isn't going to have any of that. This is going to be, is gonna be a up, straight play on straight up sci-fi. cyborg law enforcement. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to like the new RoboCop. It, is it PG 13? Yeah. It, 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 it. Is it? Do they list that on IMDb? They, they usually PG-13. do. Yeah, it is. It is. That's and it's two, no good. it's two hours and one minute as well, everybody. Strap in. And he's black, not silver. Fuck that guy. You know, Wait. here's the thing. I'm like so down on it already. Are you really so down on it though, Matt? Yeah, but... It doesn't look bad. It just doesn't look like what you want it to be. It doesn't look like Robocop. That's all it takes. 
Doesn't look like Robocop. But I'm going. I'm probably going opening night. If it's not opening night, it'll be that Saturday. So anyway, that's that's my first movie that I give a shit about. Are you taking a picture? Yep. You're not interested in the Lego movie that's coming out? Not, no. Hmm. Paul, do you have anything coming up this year that... that... Well, the first, the first movie that I would think we're going to... We're gonna get excited for and go see is Captain America in April. Number two, Captain America two, Winter Soldier, essentially. That's uh, just a, a short two months after um, after the big RoboCop big, premiere. The, the I don't big know Robo- if the country will be will have righted itself <laughs> by then. <laughs> Probably not. Uh. Following that up is going to be The Amazing Spider-Man number two on May 2nd. I think we talked extensively about our feelings about this movie. I think we're all excited. It looks pretty damn good. And I think we're all going to make the journey to go see that. May 23rd, X-Men Days of Future Past. Pretty pumped about that. Wait, when does Spider-Man come out? Uh, May 2nd. Okay, so not even (coughs) a month later we're we're getting... A Marvel double dose. Hopefully, we'll recover in time to be able to go see this, uh, you know, installment of the X Men movie. I recently watched the Wolverine. Watched yesterday when we would have been podcasting, but mm. I decided to watch movies. All cuddled up on the couch. Did you like the Wolverine? I did like the Wolverine. Um, what were your expectations for the Wolverine? Expectations were at a five. Excitement was at a five, um, and overall grade I give uh, I give a six, but I still liked it. I still liked it. It wasn't the greatest movie on earth. I'm trying to even out my my final grading. My grading has come under heavy fire recently. Really? Yes. It was it was okay. It was good. It was a good movie. Hugh Jackman. Is always great as Wolverine, I think. Something that kind of stunk about the movie was that through most of it, Wolverine's healing powers were all kind of jacked up. So he wasn't really Wolverine. So that kind of took away from it a little bit. Uh, I also felt the lack of a strong villain hurt it. I didn't like his sidekick. The strange, shapen head, red-haired Asian girl was kind of strange. Give me some Jubilee, motherfuckers. What's wrong with that? Nope. No one wants to see Jubilee. However, I... Comics or in the movies. How dare you. However, I did like like how they toned down some of the -the over-the-top wacky action that took place in the first Wolverine movie. I thought that this was a little more straightforward. All... Any of the time that Wolverine was... Had his claws popped, was taken down, some Japanese gangsters. I thought that was exciting. I even liked the wacky. I don't know if, if you guys have seen it, but there was a, there's a train a bullet train scene where he's on top of this bullet train and jumping around and doing all this stuff fighting these bad guys. I thought it was fun. It was a little silly, but it was the only over the top unbelievable thing about an unkillable mutant with claws. So I enjoyed it. Thought it was thought it was good. wasn't Wasn't the greatest movie, 
did like the tie-in at the end. Spoiler. That leads into X-Men Days Future Past. So. What is that tie-in? Airport scene with Magneto <clears throat> and oh, Professor X. I heard about that. Paul, did, you didn't see the movie? I didn't see the movie. I saw it. And I also liked it. I would give it a seven. Seven? Okay, yeah. that's fair. I just don't want to be too crazy. Of the big comic book movies coming out in 2014, what are we most excited about? Hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna say Captain America, Spider Man, X Men. Is that it? Guardians of the Galaxy, August first. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. <clears throat> Jeez, oh, oh, just man. four. Yeah, just four in a four month span. <clears throat> Do we count Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Do we count Sin City, a dame? Those come out this year? To kill four. Yep. Yep. Hmm. All yeah, right. I guess we do. August 1st, Guardian, we're going to well, be... Turtles is out this year, that's... and they haven't released any that's images what... from that movie yet? August 8th, that's where it's planned. This is, this is what we're going to be doing. <laughs> August 1st, Guardians of the Galaxy. 8th, Ninja Turtles. The 15th. Expendables 3, motherfuckers. I didn't see the second one, but I really liked the first And then the 22nd, Sin City. And then the 12th, Resident Evil 6. Jesus. Is, is Mia Jovovich in that? I would imagine. I'm not even going <clears> to <throat> click on it. I'm just going to say yes. Wow. They, that studio must be terrified <clears throat> of that Turtles movie. Because they haven't released anything. And that comes out in eight months. It's usually not a good sign. Uh-uh. But usually Michael Bay's name on something is not a good sign either. And Samsung can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> while while all these other movies have posters and production stills, trailers, multiple trailers, Ninja Turtles has not even a poster ready. Not even just like what the you know, the type treatment's gonna look on. like. Nothing. It's just it's an action adventure comedy. Look out, y'all. Megan Fox in the house. Wow, this Megan is going to be... Megan Fox is in it? Megan Fox is in it. April O'Neil? I thought her and uh, Michael Bay had a falling out. They patched it back up. Oh. So out of all those films, I say that it is going to be a tie between Spider-Man and X-Men. As far as what? What you're looking My for? personal uh, excitement and then... And what, what you think you're going to like the most? What am I going to like the most? I, I bet I'm going to like the X Men movie the most. My excitement is the highest for X Men. Yeah, which, oh, which that's weird. You puts hate it the on X-Men. guard because that just sets it up for failure. Yeah, I'm excited going in. Why would you? That's interesting. Tell me why you're most excited for that. The only time, the first time I experienced the X Men that I liked them was in that first Brian Singer movie. I'd seen the cartoon. I'd read comics. I was eh, generally just disinterested. I'd, I don't get the whole angsty, no one understands me thing. So I, I, I was just uninterested in the X-Men. But Brian Singer made those characters absolutely likable. I hated Wolverine until Hugh Jackman made him my Wolverine. He was the people's Wolverine. It was it was good like that the, those first two X Men movies like gave me everything I wanted in a movie. And like, you're a fan of, blend of First Class. Uh, and... I like I like First Class. First Class was alright. You know the uh, X Men three was kind of a bummer. Didn't really do anything. It was kind of stupid. First Class was solid. 
But the trailer, that trailer that was released for Days of Future Past was just so moving. It was so, so heavy. It was so emotional. And there's so much going on in that movie. There's so many, you know, memorable characters that they're going to put. They're going to bring back so many characters and so many actors from the X-Men movies that we all enjoyed. So that's that's why I'm excited. Just the sheer numbers. The only scene in a Paquin film got cut. So I'm a little less excited. DVD extras. But... DVD extras. Wait, what? She was only on set for a couple days to film, like, one bit of the movie, and it got cut. Really? Yes. Oh. I did like in the Wolverine... She said she's okay with that. She understands how the movie-making process works. No harm, no foul. In the Wolverine, they tied in Wolverine's love for Jean Grey, so they had Famke Jansen reprise her role. That was cool. Matt, what are you excited about? Well, okay, so I... We've seen trailers so far, and I also wanted to bring up Godzilla. I know that Godzilla is not exactly a comic book, but I believe Dark Horse has had him show up several times. And um, that trailer was wicked awesome. It's terrifying looking. Have you seen it? I was unimpressed. Are you not a Godzilla fan? No, and I, I, I think that's what it is. I don't like nothing, care. nothing, I, I, nothing against the the trailer, or you know the people that made the trailer. But I just don't think I care about Godzilla. I just I'm not that interested in giant monsters. See, I unless think, they're fighting Voltron, I don't care. I think giant monsters are very cool, very interesting, and <clears throat> I liked Cloverfield. I like King Kong. I like Godzilla. I saw either of those. I like King Kong. I also like Cloverfield. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll like Godzilla. I think that the trailer was so well done. I think they make it look really scary, which I think it should be. I think that's a a good approach. It, it's a fresh approach for a not-so-fresh concept. And, you know, the, the real reaction if a, a monster showed up would be complete and utter, like, fright from people. And um, that trailer made it look scary. I mean, you saw the devastation. And not only the devastation, but in one of the scenes they showed, it was it looked like it was shot from, like, a news helicopter, and it was on the news. They showed a train that had been destroyed by Godzilla, and bodies were just all laying around, like dead bodies. I don't just think I saw that very ominous trailer. It was in the trailer. It's a it's the a one shot. The one that starts with the paratroopers. Yes, I don't remember that scene. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't spend a lot of time on it, but it's it's there. But um, what I would have liked from that a little more from that trailer is a sense of what the story is going to be about. He ate up Tokyo. I know the story is. I don't know. Is it Tokyo? He I don't eats up Tokyo. He better eat up Tokyo, and they better, better have that Tokyo. song in there. But, uh, like, what I read today is that the, the director, like, really put in some heavy emotional beats. And there's an, an actual really good story mm-hmm. at the heart of this thing. It's not just, you know, popcorn giant monster attacking. Right. And I would have liked to have gotten more of a sense of what that story is going to be. I think that would have pulled me in a little bit more. Yeah, well, I think this was the teaser. Um, I, I don't think that this was, like, trailer one. This is the teaser. So... Um, they barely showed Godzilla. I was glad that they did show Godzilla in the trailer instead of 
like just letting you hear the scream or whatever. But no, they showed him, and that was cool. And you saw how fucking big he was. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about Godzilla. I'll probably drag Tracy to go see that movie. If you like uh, Paul, if you like uh, monsters fighting uh, Voltron, you didn't see Pacific Rim, did you? No, I did, saw, we saw I saw part of it over over Christmas. Did you see it? I was a little bit let down. I saw it. I went in with an open mind, a little bit disappointed. I saw it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Loved it. My my love for Voltron puts me off of Pacific Rim. But it's not supposed to be Voltron, though, man. I know. But what did you say? Uh, what now. did you say Monday? We were talking about something at work, and you said, "I, I know we this is." We were talking about Ian. No, you you said something. You were like, "I know." <laughs> I think. I know this isn't supposed Where to affect the way I feel about this, but it just toys. does. And I don't know what you were talking about, but that's the way I feel about Pacific Rim. I know I should be able to separate the two mm-hmm. and just go enjoy Pacific Rim, right. but I feel like they slighted Voltron by not making this fucking Voltron. So I can't, I can't fully get invested in Pacific. Rim. I like the um, the creativity of uh, Pacific Rim. I like that they created these robots and they all kind of have like their own country's flair depending on where they come from. It's like this global effort to fight these these monsters too. So like. They even have this German name. They're called Jaegers, which is cool. It's like Hunter in German. And they're fighting against the Kaiju, which is German for... Or, I'm mean, J- Japanese for, like, monster or something. And uh, it just has a very, very great artistic style to it. That Like, in the design of the robots and the monsters and everything. And I, I love I'd it. love to get behind it because... It's an original idea. It's not an is adaptation. It? Is, it? is it? Is it? I thought it was. I thought it was. I don't. I wouldn't say it's an original idea. I oh. think Inception was an original idea. Well, I like that movie very much. So, well, well this isn't. Excuse him, word police. I mean, are you are you saying that the thought of Robots fighting monsters is not an original idea. I that's 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 what you're saying. I'm saying this is not an adaptation. Is that fair? Yeah, it's not original. It happened in Voltron. People get inside a giant robot and fight monsters. Do you understand what I'm saying? It Matt? happened in Robotech. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know what I mean. What I mean. But it's yeah, but it's not original. You can't agree that that's that that's an original. It's, it's idea. not an adaptation. Dude. It's not an adaptation. It's not it's, a book. It's not a comic book. It's not a previous property. It's, they're taking. An idea that has been used, but they're they're right, doing so it. it's not original because it's it hasn't not... been used. Paul, look up the definition. Oh, okay, maybe I slightly misspoke. It's not an ad- adaptation. That's what I mean. Right, it's not an adaptation. It should have been, which is why I don't like it. Oh, you're <laughs> such a fucking Nazi. Oh my god. But it's not an original idea. It, it's not the most original idea of is is Godzilla the first monster? That's the original idea. Then monsters fighting things. Well, no idea. It's Just original like yeah, things. I know Twilight's not original because that's every, vampires every and that's story, been done again every before. Story has been told. Yes, Pacific Rim is an original IP. Aliens coming to Earth. That's not original. original Superman is property. a ripoff. Right. Could you be louder? I'm a loud man. I'm passionate about the uh, mistakes that I've made with my 
Um, saying that Pacific so, Rim was original. You're a dickbag. It's you. not, it's not right. original. So, so, you know what I mean, okay. though. I, then use your words. It's an... Uh, you're, you're right. Adaptation. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick um, the movie that I'm most looking forward to. What is it? Don't say Robocop. <laughs> no, it's not Robocop. I, He'll I, jump all over your ass. Be sure. <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> I'm gonna say I think that um, Captain America might be the best one, hmm. and, and I'm a little surprised that I feel that way. But having, I am too. That surprised me here, though. Having seen all the trailers uh, and and obviously the previous movies, um, I thought Captain America one was great. I thought the Avengers was great. The trailer for this looks like it might be even better. It looks like it's taking what they've established, and they're gonna um, they're gonna add in like the whole espionage angle, and they're gonna add in the Winter Soldier, which brings in like modern comics into these Marvel movies, which is a somewhat new approach for them. And uh, I think that that just the trailers look amazing, and I have more trepidation certainly for the Amazing Spider-Man too, just based on the original movie, but um, you know, there, we nitpicked the shit out of that trailer, and I felt like, mm, maybe we had a couple little issues with it, so, you know, but um, the the X-Men trailer, as good as that looked, you know, I think that since X-Men 1 and 2, especially 2, it's been kind of hit and miss with X-Men stuff. You know, I liked I liked Wolverine. The Wolverine didn't like Wolverine Origins or X Men Origins. Wolverine. I won't kill you for that <laughs> slight mistake. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you know, X Men Three was kind of terrible. First Class was, you know, it was okay. It wasn't great. X- the X Men franchise in the movies has been hit or miss, but it's also had a shit ton of creators. Fine. It has. So, yeah, we're getting Brian Singer back. That's great. But I don't I'd have to also agree with if we're going just on trailers, the Captain America trailer I think might have been the best one out of the big ones that we've watched together. It it beat Spider-Man, I think. It it even beat the X-Men trailer, which I really liked. Just the style, the ominous tone of Captain America, him going up against, you know, one of his his um, you know, his brother in uh, in the battle um, in Winter Soldier, I think it's it's going to be amazing. I love that. I mean, I haven't even read Winter Winter Soldier, and I love no. that they're making that into the movie. It's a great. I think it's two books long, something like it, that. It's a great story. I, not maybe if I get Marvel Unlimited, even with its you know shitty unguided view technology, I'll read that. But. Um, the other thing that I really want to read from Brubaker is that brand new thing that he's released from Image Comics. The with um, it's like that espionage thing with the the main lead is a female. I forget what it's called. It's Velvet. Velvet. That's it. Yeah, that looks good. The art in it is so good. I think it's the same. Steve team. Epping, I think, Epting. or Epting. Yeah, looks so. It does look so really good. good. I'd like to check that out um, as well. I would say that I expect probably the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to be the worst movie. Oh, God, is it going to suck balls? But, again, I thought that was still 
I thought that was like a 2015 release because they Maybe haven't released be. anything yet. It might be. But I think that it is... They might push it. Like RoboCop, I want to love it. I want it to be amazing. But given the track record of the creator and how he's handled other existing properties um, with what seems to be a lack of respect for the property, um, you know, I... I kind of couldn't give two shits about Transformers, but Turtles, on the other hand, you better treat that right. So, um, Tagline is Turtle <laughs> Power Returns in 2014. That's the tagline? That's what it says. They don't have anything for this movie yet. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to just be fucking sock puppets. <laughs> Cowabunga! Yeah, I, 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 think Tur- I think Turtles probably has the... It has the the opportunity to be the worst movie of 2014, and that's just not my being against Michael Bay unbiased going on. Like, like nothing's nothing's released for this yet. No, it's very weird. Um, no. Maybe maybe we'll see some during the Super Bowl. Maybe maybe they'll do big uh, Comic Con releases this year. When's uh, Transformers is out this year too. Did we did we March, mention that? April? No, um, we didn't mention that. Yeah, Transformers four, uh, June twenty seventh. I I they even have some that, that this is the one with uh, Mark Wahlberg. I guess. You know that's interesting that Mark Wahlberg is doing that. That's so not a Mark Wahlberg style movie. Um, but I could have seen him getting in on the ground floor of that. Getting into number one and then kind of that being his franchise, but you're jumping on in, in number, number four, four after the last two essentially tanked. Like, what are you doing, Mark Wahlberg? He must—they must have waved a fucking paycheck in front of him, like mad. He has said that he prefers more those ground kind of grounded storylines to to do as opposed to sci-fi. He, according to him, J.J. Abrams asked him to play Kirk's dad in the new Star Trek. <laughs> When it, uh, I said no. And he said no. He read the script and he's like, I don't get what's going on here. I'm really not interested. And then he saw it and he loved it and then he felt kind of bad about it. So he told J.J. Abrams, well, if you ever want me to do one of your movies, yeah, I'll do it. So um, I think he might have said that after Abrams got the job on Star Wars. Yeah, so. J.J. was like, what do you know about the Force? <laughs> <laughs> Could you see Mark Wahlberg as a Jedi Knight? No. A wicked bad Jedi. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible Boston accent. I know. I'm sorry. Do we have any honorable mentions that we want to throw up real quick? Hunger Games is coming out. The third piece is coming out next year. That would be something to be excited Number about. Two was really fucking good. Didn't see it. <clears throat> I the third. Sorry, God. I would like to uh, nominate the Flash TV series. Yeah, it should premiere in August or October 2014. That's cool. Uh, the Gotham show will be coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, I think the the Marvel Netflix stuff will be happening this year. Already? Um, yeah, I, I guess they wouldn't sit on that too long. Probably this fall, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like as we approach the end of the year, things are really going to start to heat up. Um, we didn't even mention The Hobbit. And, yeah, and then the, the year will be capped with uh, the final Hobbit movie. The final Is venture that last into... last one called There and Back Again? Yeah. Final venture into Middle Earth. 
Do you think that they could possibly, if these movies are as successful as they would hope them to be, do you think that they could do something else yeah, with the Hobbit that, franchise? There's that other storyline, the Cimmerillion or something. Um, I don't think it's quite held in the same scheme as Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, but I think it's the same universe, so I think they can visit that. Maybe maybe that's where they can... Do you even it. think, like, original written... Watch it. Stuff. <laughs> Do you think that? <laughs> I think that there is a... Could you see Legolas fighting... Perhaps a giant robot. The Legolas Legolas solo film? That would be badass. Tumblr would blow up. The Lego Legolas crossover. Lego Hobbits. I think they have that shit already. Who who is that? um, Who owns Lord of the Rings? What movie company owns it? Isn't it MGM? Uh, No, it's New Line. New Line? Aren't do you think New Line would force like a out of continuity solo film? I think if they did, Peter Jackson and company would walk away, and it would be a flop if Peter, someone else tried to I do it. I think Peter Jackson has uh, an abundance of respect for the original material, so I don't think that, I agree. that he would ever try to do his own original storyline. Um, I don't think that it would necessarily fail if somebody else did it. Um, you know, having seen the first two Hobbit movies, and and they are great, um, and you know, like having seen them recently, then go and also going and looking at some of the Lord of the Rings. I like spent a lot of time in Middle Earth over Christmas break. Oh, your little Hobbit bat, yeah. <laughs> the Shire. All right, height, right? That's right. So. Um, the the style does change though from from the one trilogy to the other. The Hobbit is definitely a more colorful, um, a, a bit sillier, lighthearted story, which I think is the two towers it, may as well be black and white. Yeah, it's so desaturated. Yeah, and and that's just not the way the Hobbit movies are done. They're they're done in a much more whimsical style. Um, that falls in they, line with the books, though. Yeah, I think so. They they feel almost like a little more like George Lucas made them. To be honest with you, they just have a little bit more of that. Um. Yeah, whatever kind of attitude. Yeah, whimsy. So it makes me very curious, and I'll always wonder this: What if um, <clears throat> Del Toro had had followed through and made the Hobbit movies? How would those have turned out? What would those have been like? But I think that's a conversation for another day. I think we want to try to get this podcast in under two hours. We did promise you an hour and 45 minutes, and we've already broken our first promise of 2014. That's all right. We have a whole year to make up for it. Much like 2013, we're dirty liars. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. Welcome back. Welcome to a whole new year of Mixos Podcasts. Keep listening. We enjoy recording them. We love that you listen to them. We'll see you next week.
felt a little anxious, but that's what's beautiful about the McSauce podcast.